Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cardistry Talk. This is episode 34, and today I am joined by Henry Cortez, also known as SoCal Playing Cards. He is active on Instagram, maybe a little bit too much, and he's also <laughs> runs the SoCal Playing Cards store, and I'm super happy to have him here today to talk about cards. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm super excited to hear kind of your perspective on things. Uh, when I asked people on Instagram what they wanted to hear about, one of the main things was they just want to know how kind of how SoCal Playing Cards of the store kind of came about and how it grew into what it is today. Sure. Uh, in a nutshell, I mean, you used to sell stuff on eBay. That's seems to be the way that most people get started. And, you know, just the fees are killer. I mean, right off the top, there's 13%, which seems like it's a lot. Mm -hmm. So we, we did away with that. Didn't spend too much time on eBay. And we started selling stuff on Instagram where we just put a picture of a deck and like, hey, we got a bunch of these. Um, well, even before that, just more of a collector. And, you know, you just buy two or three because it seems to be a better deal. And people, you know, shockingly wanted the extra ones that we had and they say, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks or 30 bucks for the extra one. Okay, cool. So we started doing that on Instagram, but it got to be to the point where it was hard to keep track of who wanted what. Um, I didn't want to open a store. In fact, a buddy of mine, um, he, he's on Instagram, Aaron Pinto, he's AP Cardman. He pushes, you got to open a store, open a store. You need to open a, a store. You know, the way you pack things and your stickers and everything, people are going to love it. And I was like, man, that's the worst idea. I, 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 there's, opening a store just sounds like it's a colossal pain. It's just going to be a giant waste of time. Not going to happen. But the more I thought about it, um, it's like, well, maybe he's onto something. And um, it was, uh, I saw another store that opened up you know, because of course you had like art of play and playing card decks and, you know, campus warehouse, they open stuff and they have well-established stores. But um, there was a little store that opened up, um, Boom Boom Butt Cheeks, you know, Brian Frescas' store. And he was opening something up and I thought, who the hell is Boom Boom Butt Cheeks? <laughs> but uh, he opened up a store and it looked cool. And I thought about it and I was like, you know what? You know, not that I want to take anything away from it, just, you know, maybe Aaron's onto something. So sure. So it, it only took us maybe about five days. And that's the cool thing about Shopify was that they have all these templates ready to go. So really only took like two days to set up the store and um, maybe a day to scan stuff. And it actually took longer to get like the business license from the state of California. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's how the store came to be. It was just really, you know, eBay was too much. Um, Instagram got too unmanageable with all the messages and trying to figure out who wanted what and how many and trying to figure out, you know, payments and things like that. And then seeing how, you know, when Brian opened up the store, I'm like, dude, I want to open up a store. I think we can, we can make this happen. And that's kind of how it happened mm -hmm. in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. A little overview. I, I've been selling some stuff on eBay too recently. And I have noticed like they take a lot of percent and especially with something like as cheap as playing, not relatively cheap as playing cards. There isn't a lot of return, especially when you're getting that chopped off as well. Yeah. It's just funny how eBay works because, I mean, literally I could sell one of these behind me and they'll only take like four or 5%, but if you sell like a little deck of playing cards, they're taking 10% plus whatever, you know, PayPal wants to take. So I'm like, how, how is that where I could sell this thing for like 500 bucks? They're going to keep a, a smaller percentage than, you know, a deck of playing cards. That just didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, talking about packaging, I know that's what a lot of people praise you for is your packaging. Um, I know I see constantly like people receiving stuff from gamblers or um, art of play and stuff with, with dents and things like that or no bubble wrap in between. Um, but you seem to be pretty good on that. At gamblers, they were they were pretty upset with me <laughs> when we got that uh, third way industry stuff and the the side of the box was torn and I put it on Instagram. Hey, look, I've told people time and time again that you know I can close the store. Not the most you know I, there'll be no regrets when that time comes. Um, but first and foremost, I'll always be a collector. Um, the store inventory can go. I'm still going to have a collection of cards for myself. So as a, as a collector, when stuff arrives like that, where, you know, the brick box is torn or even before, you know, you're shaping, shaking the box, you can hear it, you know, rattling around in there as a collector, not a retailer. That's just, that's not acceptable. I mean, I've got stuff, you know, I bought a, uh, um, the Virtuoso launch deck. And it came in just a, a bubble mailer. You can hear it like moving around in the ground. And I've yeah. seen how the, the postal service handles stuff. I'm literally, you'll get something. I got a box and they just literally, you know, chuck it in the back to, uh, you know, put it in one of the bins. As a collector, you, you have to receive stuff in the condition in which you know you've purchased it. So if you see a picture, it's in mint condition. I don't think it's unreasonable to accept it in or, or receive it in mint condition. So, you know, uh, we kind of took that to, you know, if I take a collector mindset and I sell something, we have to pack items where people are going to receive it in perfect condition like they see in the pictures. It's, it's not acceptable to see something in perfect condition and then receive it and it's all beat to hell. That's just not, it's just not acceptable. It, it's just not. And you can go in the post office or whatnot, but you, people know how the post office handles things. People know how FedEx, I mean, we see it during, you know, the Christmas season where there's um, ring doorbell videos of, the, of FedEx just like winging stuff at doors. I and mean, we, we know how this stuff gets handled. So we have to take every precaution to make sure that no matter what outside forces do, it's going to arrive a-okay. And so that that's why we're so neurotic about packaging. I mean, I think... I think, yeah, we're, we're quite neurotic about it. <laughs> I mean, that really, I mean, that's a really good, good thing to, to do though. I mean, I know a lot of people really care about the quality of the stuff they're receiving when it comes to these. Oh, sure. A lot of people really value playing like the quality and playing cards in the boxes and stuff. As a cardist myself, I kind of just destroy stuff a lot, <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I, I understand wanting to keep things nice. Um, so you said you were a collector. How did you kind of get into collecting playing cards? How did you first kind of get introduced into this hobby? Sure. So it all goes back to when we were, you know, small kids, like maybe nine, 10, 11 years old. My parents used to go to Las Vegas a lot. Not a lot of great things for kids to do in Vegas, especially like in the mid eighties, just, just nothing to do. So we used to just walk around and go to like the gift shops and we see the playing cards, you know, you go in the Mirage, oh, they have a deck of playing cards for a dollar, you know, corners are all cut up, but you go to the Mirage. Oh, we go to Bellagio. Oh, every place has playing cards. So we would just buy playing cards from all the places that we would walk to. Um, so fast forward later, when you're, you're an adult now, I went to some thrift shop and uh, I saw this golden nugget deck from like the mid 60s. It was like a 1963 green deck. It was like six bucks. And this thing was 
beat up, but you know, you look at like, man, that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, from the, from, you know, you, you, you think of like sixties, Las Vegas, you think of smoke filled casinos and, you know, gangsters taking cheaters out back and, you know, doing who knows what to them. And just kind of like the American nostalgia, just the dirty mafia Vegas. So yeah, look at the deck of cars. I'm like, I'm buying it and did a little research on it. I'm like, Oh, they, they come in black and they come in red and they come in all different colors. And then there's not just golden nugget. There's Caesar's palace. And, Oh, the, you know, casino people were talking about brown wins. So I'm like, I need to find out more about these brown wins. I need a deck of brown wins. So I started buying all the golden nugget decks and all the brown wind decks that I could find. And then after that, like, I, you, you find out that playing card collecting is just this enormous, enormous deal. And then you learn about Fontaine and anyone and the Jackson Robinson and King's Wild Project. So, you know, you, it's easy to fall into that collector's trap where, you start to buy anything and everything you can get your hands on, even if you hate it, just the fact that you didn't have it. I'm like, take my money. <laughs> I don't care if it's ugly. I'm buying it just because I don't have it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's you know, from the Golden Nugget decks, that's where it really spiraled into a pretty hardcore passion. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, and then do you do it? Do you just collect it? Do you do you, do you dabble in magic or cardistry or gambling or anything like that or, or just a collector? I played a bit of poker in my day. My brother's a really, really good poker player. Um, I'm marginal at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried cardistry, you know, it, it, it's like art, you know, I'm never going to be a good painter, but I can definitely appreciate it when I see it. So, you know, I do um, follow quite a few cardists and when mm-hmm. I see something I'm like, oh, and you know, they'll repost it because yeah, it looks cool. You know, I'm not going to be, pe- you know, Picasso by any stretch. But I can definitely appreciate the art form. That, that's something that is striking. Is some of the some of the things that people will um, some of the moves and cuts and you know that they do is just it's impressive. It's really impressive. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely appreciate it. I'm terrible at it. I've dabbled with it, but I definitely appreciate it as an art form. Mm-hmm. And then I guess just continuing on the collecting end of things because I see a bunch of bases behind you. Um, and I think you have collected other stuff as well, potentially. Sure. Do you think there's anything kind of unique about playing cards when it comes to collecting or using them as opposed to the other, um, things you've collected in the past? They're a lot, they're a lot easier to store. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I don't need that much space to carry, you know, to hold, you know, five, six, seven hundred, a thousand or whatever. Um, I just like how they're all different. Like a lot of these guitars, I mean, when you get down to it, they're all pretty similar in nature and they're all made of wood. The cards are all made of paper, but the different colors, different designs, different sounds, you have different feels of playing cards, different stocks, uh, different papers, different finishes. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences too. And I can see, you know, for example, I'd be like, Oh, I like bicycle crush stock. I like Cardamundi B9 slimline. I like legends. I like experts. Or as a musician, be like, well, I only like Fenders or I only like jazz basses or P basses. Or no, I'm just a music man guy. No, I'm strictly Ibanez. So I, there are a lot of similarities when it comes down to it, even to you know, when you bring up cardistry. And uh, just, just something that was interesting to me where I saw somebody do some sort of packet cut and somebody in the comments said, well, you got to give credit. The funny thing is, as, as a you know, amateur musician, you see people all the time playing 
or literally playing different guitar solos that like Slash did or that uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan did or Eddie Van Halen. And they'll mention, but it's kind of the same deal. Like, you know, okay, that's an Eddie Van Halen solo. It kind of doesn't have to be said, but you're not, they're not necessarily putting the credit like this is from Eddie Van Halen. So yeah, there's even a lot of similarities, even from, I guess you would say a performance standpoint where people watch and they'll, you know, mentally critique it like, wow, that was pretty good. Or you could have done this a little bit better. There's a lot of parallels there where, you know, I'll play something on bass and someone might say, well, you, you could have done this or be closed with that. Um, it might've been a little bit better or a little bit better, a little bit cleaner or whatever. And you kind of see the same comments when people post the cardistry uh, videos where you could have done this or you could have closed with that. It, it's, it's just mm-hmm. interesting how there's uh, a lot of parallels there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, I don't, I've tried music and I'm not musician, talented, musically talented. Um, so I'm not, a, I'm not a cardist either. So, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's interesting that you see parallels between what I would consider two very different um, activities, I guess. Um, what I really like about, I'm more of a, a cardist first and a collector kind of second, but what I find really nice about collecting cards is as opposed to I've collected like video games in the past as opposed to like video games or music where that stuff becomes digital like this stuff is always going to be physical like you can't have a tally ho without actually physically having a tally ho which I think there's something nice about the the physical aspect of collecting playing cards because that's the only way you can interact with them really oh sure yeah 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 definitely if that makes any sense Oh yeah. So like my brother has a, a really extensive video game collection, retro video games. So he has all like mm-hmm. all the Super Nintendo games, um, the Wii games, the Genesis, regular Nintendo. And now that there's all these emulators, he's finding that I don't necessarily have to carry all these video games because you can put it all like on a flash drive and then you'll have entire collections instead of in shelves. You just have it on a drive and he's ready to go. And it, it's it's weird because my thing is I always like to have something tangible, you know, mm-hmm. like when like CDs, for example, I'd go and buy a CD and now you don't have to buy anything. It's all right here, just download it on your phone. But I, I kind of miss that tangible physical aspect to, to things. Yeah, it is. It's really, really nice. And one thing that I think is, is going to be missing a lot in the future. And I think even now is like the excitement of going to like a specific retail store. Like for me, if I used to go to like a video game store, like I, I would go there for one purpose, but I would see a bunch of other things in the same hobby and, and like get sparked my interest. It, like, Oh, sure. I think that's where having something online, you, you, don't necessarily have the impulse purchases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I go to Best Buy and I buy something. I'm like, oh, this is on sale. Let's get that. Let's get it. You know, Target's a great example. I go for Target for one thing and I walk out with like a whole cart full of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And for, for better or worse, um, there's that aspect of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, I, what I really love seeing right now is like these Art of, art of Play capsule store, Fontaine um, store anyone's room showcase room all these places are opening up like that's going to be really cool for the people that live relatively close to those places to um be able to find other things that they really enjoy about the hobby um oh sure 
and speaking about that, uh, how has been visiting? I know you've been to Fontaine's store a couple times. How's uh, been visiting over there? It's been great. I think that's we we're really lucky that we're literally only about an hour outside of the Fontaine Center and about not even two hours outside of where Art of Play the uh, the play capsule is. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the benefits of where we're located is they're relatively close. So it's not impossible to go out to, you know, visit the Fontaine Center when they have drop or art or play uh, when they have something going on. Uh, it's been great. Um, I know we get there really early and some people have said, Andrew, you're freaking crazy. You're, you're going to stay there six hours. But the thing is, when you're there, the people that show up, you're able to interact with them have a lot of friends that show up. Uh, so it really doesn't feel like six hours. Uh, it, it didn't even feel like three the last time they had, uh, the Kogan drop is a perfect example. And we got there at nine o'clock knowing that they're gonna open doors at three. And it did not even feel close to six hours because just all the people that are there and talking to friends and meeting people. And that's the thing that's surprising too, is you know you show up and one guy said, oh my God, you're SoCal playing cards. And, oh yeah. <laughs> So it's all in all, it's not not just because the Fontaine store is impressive in its own right. It's just the individuals that are there that just make it fun, even when the store is technically not open. Just everybody that's there makes it, you know, really interesting, uh, a really neat event to attend. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's like really cool that people have like a place to go, especially for uh, cardists. We're so like, there's so few of us. To have like a specific place to go um for magic it's a little bit less there are like some magic groups and stuff around for sure but i think it's really important to have like a place to go in the community to like enjoy yourself i always relate this to soccer because i have played a lot of soccer oh. but okay um, cool if you wanted to do a pickup game of soccer you could you could find it within five to ten minutes of you oh sure yeah it's, it's not really the same with with playing cards as much as i would like to like it to be yeah, I definitely could see that. Um, yeah, I wish it was, I know we've had little meetups here and there, even outside of the Fontaine drop and Art of Play. I know uh, um, Lou decked out cards. He had a meetup a couple times at a, a local magic shop where in Santa Clarita. Um, I, I, I would think that it would be cool to have, you know, some type of location like where I live, because um, it's really not a magic shop anywhere in a general area if you go down to san diego or los angeles but outside of that you know and we do have customers that live pretty close in fact i have one order where if i wanted to drive it to him i can be there and back within like 10 minutes and that's that's really cool to see when you know people that buy things in like the next city over like oh that's just 10 minutes away Mm -hmm. so if we obviously we have customers that are you know really local to where we are you know, having some sort of a meetup location, it doesn't seem so far-fetched anymore. It, it's not impossible to think that people wouldn't show up just because of some of the orders that we've seen are literally, you know, in the same area code. <laughs> yeah. One of the popular questions I got um, was just wondering if you were going to do any sale to kind of um, close the store. And then also, obviously, people want to get some deals. But <laughs> Sure. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Look, for, again, as a collector, I mean, I'm all about that too. <laughs> um, but I know that was a pretty uh, common question. And then also just kind of some people, I know you've elaborated on it, but 
what was kind of the reasoning for wanting to kind of slow down on, on the whole playing card? Uh, sure. Uh, so I'll start with the reason, then go to, you know, what's going to happen before that. So a couple different things. Um, one, I just got a promotion at work and it's, uh, it was a quite substantial one. Uh, mm -hmm. It's going to be have more responsibility. I'm going to have people reporting back into me. Um, I, there's already talk about, you know, going down to San Diego, going to Tucson, Arizona for, you know, certain meetings uh, to meet with the teams down there just to assist wherever I can. So I just know from a time standpoint, especially where I'm at right now, um, the fall into the winter is the busiest time of year. So if I have that plus additional responsibilities in San Diego and Tucson, um, I, I don't think I'll be able to vote to devote as much time um, to the store to keep it the running the way I want it to. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to cut corners. I don't want to you know, delay shipping times. So uh, I, I, I'm just not, I just refuse to cut corners. So if I can't run the store the way that we've been running it for the past couple of years, then it's time to, time to make changes. Mm -hmm. Another thing that people don't realize is, you know, because I've already have a day job, you know, there are some days where I get home and it's like having a second job. I mean, there's some nights where you get home, have dinner, and from six o'clock until 10 o'clock, you're just working on the store. And hey, we're not robots, you know, we're human beings. And there's some days where I come home and I look at a stack of orders and I'm like, I don't want to do that today. <laughs> I just, I just don't, you know? And the joke is I could take days off from work, but the store gets no days off. It, it just, it just doesn't. Mm -hmm. So just from, you know, a, a human standpoint, you know, it's getting to the point now where there are just some days where I just, no, I just don't want to do it. So I want to, I want to start winding it down where I still have great memories of it and not think of it as, man, what a burden that became. I, I want to, one down while it's it's a pleasant experience rather than you know uh, an experience i look back on like what a giant hassle that was because right now i love it I mean, the, the customers are great everyone you know they send messages it, it's so funny like someone will buy something i'll see you know the little shopify thing come up you have an order of x amount of dollars and i click on it and then they'll send me a message saying hey man i just bought this this and this for x amount of dollars i'm like hey that's awesome. I just, I, I do really, really appreciate our customers, but you know, when it's literally been going on for two years straight, um, it just, there's kind of a need for a break for a long break. Um, not that I don't like the store, you know, again, it's, it's, it's more due to our, the, the success that we had rather than, oh, the store sucks, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, those, those are the two reasons, really, just the promotion and it just, just need a break. It's, it's, it's really, really busy. It's, it gets very, very busy. And we didn't, we, we, there's no way we thought it was going to turn into what it has. That's, that's, it's blown away all of our expectations. Well, all of, all of us, I mean, just me and my wife. I mean, there's just two of us. So yeah, that's the one funny thing that people have asked is, you know, tell your team, thank you. I'm like, okay, I'll tell the wife. Thanks. <laughs> Where's your physical store? Can we get a warehouse tour? Um, 
so we joke that, you know, we would love to do a warehouse tour, but literally, yeah, exactly. Everything's just run out of our, you know, the back of our house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then there was a question about the, uh, the sale, correct? Yeah. Um, so yeah. That as well. Probably. Uh, what we're thinking is, you know, probably in October, that's when we're finally going to wind it down completely. Um, Cause that's when it gets busiest for me at work. So I'm thinking, at least a couple of weeks before, we're probably going to stop adding most stuff to the site. Because mm -hmm. um, right now, you know, whatever's available, we'll add. Even if we sell like one or two, we're still going to have it on hand. Um, but there will be a point in time where we're just going to stop adding stuff because we already have a pretty, you know, pretty nice inventory of cards. And then probably whatever's left, maybe was it September? then we'll probably look at having, you know, really, really big discounts, almost like a, a clearance sale, so to speak. Because there will be a point in time where it'll, it'll still, the site will still be there because we still have about 700 SoCal decks. So, so yeah, you'll, you'll know when the store is done because literally they'll just be the SoCal deck and that's it. <laughs> Yeah. And then, I mean, just talking about like having a second job type thing. I mean, I even, I feel that with this uh, podcast sometimes I only spend probably like an hour a day. So like not even close to probably what you've had to spend on some of this stuff. And there's some days I get home and I'm just like, you just want to kind of veg out, you know? And oh, sure. So I can, I can totally understand that. That's some people have told us that, dude, I'm going to open up a store because it looks easy. Like, no man. <laughs> when when you have big days and when the store is, I guess you could say, successful, um, it is like a second job. And um, we came up with um, like guidelines when we first opened up the store. And one of them was when it feels like a job or a chore, then that's it. You know, we want it to be a hobby. We want it to be fun. And, but when it's, when it turns into a job, that's when we need to look at things. And I think that's where it's, it's gotten to that point. You know, it's a nice problem to have, you yeah. know, cause it's, it feels good. And the people, you know, send you nice messages and we appreciate everyone who's, you know, bought from the store, but um, it's, it's, it feels like a job sometimes. It feels like a job more often than, than not now. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think I can say for the vast majority of the community, we're, we're appreciative of the work you've put in. I think you said the past two years. Um, and I mean, I think you see a lot of resellers kind of gouge the price afterwards and you're pretty reasonable. And I think a lot of people really appreciate that. Obviously we said like your packaging is usually considered really good. <laughs> um, so you know, just a, just the thank you from us to you for, for the work you have put in. And uh, I think we can all say we appreciated it. Well, you got to keep it fun too. I mean, that's, that's the one thing. I mean, it's, it'd be easy to have a store and just price it, you know, try to get as much money as possible. Um, but there, you know, there are a lot of good people and, you know, I think we're in a position that we can go to the Fontaine drops and get the cards and, you know, again, you know, people sometimes don't realize what the way we price like Fontaine's, for example, we're making bare minimum off this. I mean, we see on eBay, someone's, you know, doubling their money, you know, selling one deck or literally we have to sell all of them to make that, make a, yeah. the same amount of profit the guy on eBay is. Um, and you gotta, we had fun with it. You know, we try not to take ourselves too seriously. You see some of the posts that I have. I mean, come on, I post about hamsters and 
comics and you know, it's we try to keep it loose. I mean, we a hamster is our quality control tech. You know, our our dog is the head of security. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, we 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 it's got to be fun. You know, we don't want to. It's we want to keep the fun in the hobby, and it's not you know meant to be. I mean, we don't be that serious. I mean, geez, you know, we're not you know unapproachable robots. You know, it's it's got to be fun. Mm-hmm. And then going into the future, you're gonna keep collecting cards and then posting on Instagram, etc. Oh, absolutely. I think the cool thing is we're, we'll be able to spend more time on Instagram, actually. I, I wish I could spend more time and interact more, just we don't have the time. Um, so that's that's a hope of mine is once the store winds down, um, we'll be able to spend more time on Instagram, interact more, probably be a, a, a little more opinionated. <laughs> yeah. I think when you have a store, there's certain things you can't say or shouldn't say. Not that I'm going to go you know, on a verbal rampage. Uh, I, I just think I can voice more of my personal opinions and not worry about uh, what other people may think. Where we have a store, you know, you have to be careful, you know, what you say. You have to be careful what you put in the comments. You have to be careful what you say on a live because you say it and it gets recorded and that's it, man. You're, it, it, that statement is out there from now until the end of time. Um, so when you're a store, it's a, you have to be a little careful because it can be a little tricky, but I think when you don't necessarily have a, a retail establishment, um, again, not that you're going to, you know, burn the American flag, but <laughs> you can share a little more of your personal opinions and not worry about any sort of backlash. Like, I'm boycotting you. Well, there's nothing to boycott. <laughs> yeah. You can unsubscribe you can or unfollow. That's about it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely uh, noticed that I'm a little bit more tame in what I like my opinions on stuff when I try when I say things um, for kind of that. I don't sell anything really besides like some merch that a few people have bought. But like even then, I feel like Carter Street Talk now is like a, a brand, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to be as positive as I can be. And I don't want to like bring any negativity to the community even if I see something I don't necessarily like oh sure yeah and that's that's one of the things too is where you know I've taken some flack a few different times for selling certain decks and my opinion is well you, you don't like it you don't have to buy it that's cool you know um people like certain decks some people don't I'm try not to determine what you should or shouldn't buy I leave that up to the buyer. That's that's completely their decision. If you like it, great. If you don't, that's great too. Um, my philosophy has always been, hey, look, if you don't like a certain book at the library, you're not gonna burn the library down. Just don't check out that book. So that's kind of the the mindset that we subscribe to. Is you know, some people are gonna hate it, some people are gonna love it. You know, whatever it is, or how, con- how controversial it might be. But um, you know, one of the most controversial decks I've ever carried was probably the quickest selling deck I've ever sold. So, you know, naturally there's, uh, there was a market for it. Not that I necessarily agree or disagree with that particular item, but um, somebody liked it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And then going into the future, do you plan to, you know, design more for SoCal, uh, like another SoCal deck? I know that's another thing people are a little interested in. I would love to. I really, I really want to do a bike deck. In fact, um, 
a bicycle deck was the first one I wanted to do. Um, it just didn't happen because we, I kind of stumbled upon the design of the first one and we just ran with it. Um, but would love to do a bike deck. That's, that would, that's actually was the, the original goal. Um, there's a couple designers that I would like to reach out to for help on it. Um, because I have the basic overall design down, but just some of the, the finer details, I think I would need a little bit of help because my art skills are zero. It's a miracle we got the first SoCal deck <laughs> off the ground because I, I didn't even have, an, uh, I didn't have Illustrator. It took me forever to try to figure out the basics. Um, so really it was a miracle that deck even got created because of just the, the, the how artistically bankrupt I am. Um, but V2, um, I, I would like to see it happen. My wife definitely has uh, d differing opinions on it, but uh, there's a couple artists that I have in mind that uh, I really, really like their work that I would like to reach out and try to make that happen. Um, but yeah, it's still very, very early. I, I don't have a time frame on this, and I try not to get caught up in well, I have to have it done by this point in time because it has to be released by Christmas or no, no, no. You know, when, yeah. when it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And if it does, I just want it to be the best deck we can do. That's, you know, kind of how, how it happened with SoCal deck. I mean, it's, it was kind of silly to order 2,500, but I, it had to be on premium stock. It had to be on crush stock. That's, that was the only way I wanted to be done. And uh, I'm, I'm still glad I did it that way. There's, there's no regrets with that deck because uh, I did it exactly the way we wanted to. We still have a ton, but I don't care. We did it exactly how we wanted to. So at the end of the show, I usually do what I call the rapid round of questions. And okay. that's three minutes of random questions and the goal is to answer as many as possible. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so first question, we'll start with a simple Coke or Pepsi? Coke. All right. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Do you play video games? Not anymore. Okay. Android or iPhone? iPhone. If you could add any word to the dictionary, what would it be? Smooshed. Smooshed. Okay. Um, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Summer or winter? Winter. What would the title of your autobiography be? <laughs> um insert title here right. uh favorite movie pulp fiction nice describe your absolute perfect day wake up go to work have the boss tell you to find job come home to my wife's uh broccoli casserole have a fine quality craft beer um the Dodgers win, the Kings win, mm -hmm. and uh, go to bed. There you go. Uh, what's your favorite TV show right now? Blackish. If you could have coffee with any Disney character, who would it be? Donald Duck. I want to see if he makes a mess. <laughs> uh, do pineapples belong on pizza? Yes, absolutely. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Be invisible. Have you ever broken a bone? Yes. All right. If an actor portrayed you in a movie, who would you want it to be? Pacino. 
do you, uh, what's your favorite deck of cards at the moment? Right now, um, I always like the brown winds. Brown winds is something different about them. Uh, favorite band or musician? Radiohead. Nice. Uh, favorite type of food? Mexican. I wonder why. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, favorite unoriginal move? So a move you haven't made. So with playing cards. Any. <laughs> Any. Um, favorite restaurant? Ooh. There's an Italian food place called Joe's, which is fantastic by our house. Very good. Mm. Uh, toilet paper, over or under? Over. There you go. Uh, who is a famous cardist that you have met? Zach Miller. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. There's the time. Hey. Editing Caleb here, and... I have not really been counting how many questions people have been answering lately because I know it's never even close to 22 that Michelle did, uh, Shuffle Stuffle. This one was actually pretty close, so I actually had to do the, the analysis on it. And it turns out that we actually, we have, we have a new record, which is outstanding and I didn't think was going to happen anytime soon. So Henry here just answered 23, so congrats to Henry for breaking the record on the rapid question round. I've been trying to think of like a new game to play because I didn't think anybody would beat it. And then just Henry just comes out and sh shatters it. So a really good job to Henry. If you guys have any ideas for what game or type of ending type of fun thing we can do at the end, let me know. I'm always going to be open to that. At the very end of the show, I like to do what I call roll out the close-up pad. That's just my way of saying, is there anything that you would like to promote or any last nugget you would like to leave the audience with? Okay. Go ahead. No, that was it. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> no, it just, you know, we, we, you know, we never realized that, you know, having a store and being on Instagram was going to turn into what it would has. Um, my daughter went with me once. Uh, we went to Fontaine Drop in LA. It was for the guests um, when you released the sticker and the cycling decks. And she was shocked and she thought it was funny that people would come up and introduce themselves like, hey, you're SoCal, I'm so-and-so. And my daughter, she couldn't really get her head around that, that, you know, we have, yeah, I'm not saying we're superstars, but we, you know, the fact that people will come up and say, hey, I want to meet you. Mm -hmm. um, it's extremely humbling and we, we work really hard to try to make sure that stuff, you know, doesn't really go to our head. Um, she even thought like we only had 200 followers. She goes, "What well, you think you're a hot shot now because you have 200. And now she goes, I can't believe how many followers it's, it's ridiculous. I'm, I agree. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it's we, we never would have imagined that, you know, we would have had, you know, a, a following per se. Um, it's just incredibly humbling and it makes us, you know, really happy to know that we're doing something and we're, we're kind of doing it the right way. That's, that's important to us. Um, we wouldn't be successful without the people coming to the site and, you know, buying again and again and again. And we, you know, just really, really appreciate that. And even people just go on Instagram and like one of our posts. I mean, that's, that's pretty damn cool that they took the time just to see whatever nonsense that we put on the site or put on Instagram and, you know, like it, you know, like I said, it's not always about cards, it's about hamsters or hot wheels or my dog or, 
you know, some of the conversation via text messages that I have with my wife that I repost. And you know, that's the thing. We just try to keep it fun. We try to keep it loose. We're, we're just like any other, you know, couple really. I mean, my wife and I, we have day jobs and we have a hobby that has uh, really become close to us. And uh, we just really appreciate the, you know, the love and the support that we've, we've had from, you know, everybody really in the community. It's, it's embraced us completely. And we, um, have nothing to say but thanks, and you know we we, we love everybody back. Love everyone too. Awesome. Well, uh, Henry, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking your time to be on the show. I hope everybody gained a little bit of knowledge, had a little bit of fun, maybe learned a thing or two. Um, we appreciate you guys taking your time, and and we'll see you guys later. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs>